the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Giving Tuesday morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Damien Collado. Hey, guys. Happy hey, Tuesday. Hey. Happy good morning. I give Catholic Tuesday morning. Woohoo! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's also uh, the feast day of St. James of the March. Of the March. Yes. Y'all know much about old Jamie? Not at all. I can't wait no, to hear yeah. what of the March means. Yeah, well, uh, well, you know, he was a missionary, and he was in collaboration. He hung out with St. John of Capistrano. Oh, okay. Yeah, all so right. those two were tight. So his real name, his first name is uh, Dominic. No kidding. Yeah. Well, there's you another one. Yeah, you see, you've got a bunch of them and out there body, for you. his body's incorrupt. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Well, yeah. all so, right. Anyway, we'll learn more so you about got him at the Saint of the there. Day. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're already a little corrupt, but no, you, know, you got to work the, on that. Hey, the mind oh. is for sure. Uh, I don't know about well, the body. You guys body, were talking about those stamps right you know, well, before the I show. Mean, look, if, if you all I had to do ch- was Google them. So. Yeah, if, you, if you're listening online or watching online, every now and then you get a little taste of uh, craziness it right before we go to on. tune in a little bit early to wake up. Yeah. It does. It, it could change your life. It also pays that we pray, and we will Please. start our show that way. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, be the ruler of my heart and mind and the master of my home and goods. Fill me with a generous and wise spirit that I may use the gifts, talents, time, and resources you give me for your glory and your kingdom. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. I like that one. Amen. We will learn more about our saying of the day later on in today's show, but we are starting off with some various events in our listening area. We will give you details about at 10 after. You can find all of these events at our website at ccmedia.live. Just click on events and news and then click on calendar. In 18 minutes, Corey Howard joins us like he does every Giving Tuesday. He is the executive director of the Catholic Community Foundation, and today he's talking about I Give Catholic, just an anticipated 24-hour online day of giving. Looking forward to speaking with Corey today. In 35 minutes, Sister Anne Flanagan joins us. She's from the Daughters of St. Paul, and she's talking about her new book called First Friday Devotion. Uh, come to me living the nine first Fridays. It's about the first Friday devotion yes. and just in time for this Friday, which is first Friday. Oh, so we'll learn yes. a little bit more from sister. Anne. yeah, she's actually over in Metairie. So you can go and pop in and say hi when you go and buy the book. Maybe oh. she'll autograph it for you. Ooh, especially so. on first Friday. <laughs> yeah. On first Friday would even there be better. Date it. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And in 48 minutes, Sean McAfee joins us. He's a founder and editor of EpicPew.com and a Catholic author. And today he's talking about his book called Compendium of Sacramentals, Encyclopedia of the Church's Blessings, Signs, and Devotions. You guys, this book is on my coffee table. It's pretty. And it's beautiful. It's pretty. So it's a pretty definitely book. Definitely yeah. looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
most well, definitely. Good. Damien? Yeah. Yes. Weather report? Uh, oh, how's it okay. looking out there? <laughs> it's going to be a sunny day. Okay. At least that's what the forecast is calling for, and we hope it's true. At least the sunrise is looking beautiful, mm-hmm. so hopefully the day will follow suit. It will remain chilly, though. Uh, high is going to be 63, low about 35. Winds out of the northeast, that's what's keeping things cool at 5 to 10 miles an hour. As you leave the house, make sure you bundle up the little ones this morning and grab yourself a sweater or a jacket because temperatures right now are in the 40s. Tomorrow, not much change temperature-wise. Clouds will start moving in as moisture rolls into our area and we'll be getting rain beginning on Thursday, roughly a 60% chance, and that may hang around all the way through Sunday. Hmm. Temperatures right now, New Orleans 47, Baton Rouge 41, Homa Thibodeau 43, Covington it's 40, and 43 in Coltport. It's five after. A good Tuesday morning to you. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 21. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen, and what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you not be deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place, and awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. We've heard the gospel, and now we reflect. The Jerusalem temple is one of the wonders of the ancient world. It was made of huge stones covered with gold plates, so that it would seem to shine and glow with the brilliance of the sun and therefore was a natural reaction to marvel at the magnificence of the structure. Jesus, however, looked below the surface of the temple's external beauty. The people's pride, avarice, and unbridled sexuality festered like a virulent cancer that would lead them to rejecting the Son of God and declaring, We have no king but Caesar. As for Jesus, well, crucify him. The temple was dedicated to be God's house, but sin made it the abode of demons. So to those who looked in wonder and awe, Jesus predicted, All that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. This occurred in 40 years when Roman legions destroyed the city and its temple. The stunned disciples assumed that the Jerusalem temple of God would endure to the end of the world, rather than the end of a world. And therefore they asked Jesus, when will this happen? And what will the signs be when all these things are about to happen? Jesus' response was directed to both their questions and the one about the destruction of the temple, for that was what was meant by those things, and the other predicts the end of the world, which they wrongly assume would coincide with the destruction of the temple. 
The persecution of the church from enemies within and without, as is our experience today, will give faithful Christians an opportunity to witness to their faith. We should not worry, but we need to set our hearts at rest and rely on God's ever-present help. Jesus will protect us. Yes, Christians will suffer, but in the end, God will bring them into his kingdom. So, we need not be afraid. We need not be anxious. Only faithful in bad times. Have a wonderful day. This is Jimmy Sagers. Thank you, Jimmy, and thank you, Father Chris. Almost 11 after the hour. Happy Tuesday, everyone. So glad you could join us here on Wake Up and also watching us on WLAE and Catholic Life TV, both New Orleans and Baton Rouge, respectively. And we have some events you may want to attend. For example, you're invited to a Magnificat breakfast. It's a prayer breakfast with Speaker Bishop David Toops from Beaumont, Texas. Uh, the prayer breakfast will be December 2nd from 9 a.m. until noon. It'll be at Our Lady of Mercy Catholic Church in their activity center. That's here in Baton Rouge as well. If you want more information, just go to ccmedia.live for details. That's this weekend. That's this Saturday. It is Coming Saturday. Up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen uh, videos and such of uh, Bishop Toops, and it's it's pretty amazing. He's really, really good. The Diocese of Homa Thibodeau is planning their March for Life trip to Washington, D.C., January 15th through the 20th of 2024. And the with the actual March for Life day beginning, um, it's, it, it happens on January the 19th, but they, they're going to do a whole lot beforehand and after. The pilgrimage is $600 a person, and they're going to have stops in Nashville to, Divin- to visit with the Nashville Dominican Sisters. And you'll visit the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier Will you present a wreath. My goodness. And then you'll go mm-hmm. to the Holocaust and African American Museum in, while in Washington, D.C., so it's more of a pilgrimage rather than just going to march. So that is just amazing. They're they're always good. You'll tour and attend mass at the National Shrine of the Basilica of the Immaculate Conception, and then there's a White House tour and tours of a number another uh, other shrines and museums in the area. And boy, they have plenty. It's mm-hmm. just beautiful. That yeah, especially it's a great trip. the Basilica of the Immaculate wow. Conception is just amazing, y'all. Yes, it is, and mm-hmm. it's a trip that you will, or a pilgrimage that you will never forget. You, so, you were uh, on it. I attended. The, yeah. I was my senior year of high school. I attended the March for Life, and it was amazing. Yeah. So, and when yeah. a lot of things got canceled because of the weather, it was yeah. snowing, but it was still an amazing experience. So, I highly encourage young adults to attend uh, this pilgrimage. Yeah. St. Agnes Christmas Evergreen Sale is underway, and now is the time to order your Christmas wreaths, centerpieces, sprays, garland, tabletop trees, and so much more. Mm. You can order online until this November 30th. Orders will arrive the first week of December, and proceeds from the sale will go toward renovating the St. Agnes restrooms. You can go to ccmedia.live for more information. All right, men, listen up. If you've been wanting to make a retreat all year long and still haven't done it, well, here's your chance because there's going to be a St. Joseph Men's Retreat at Our Lady of Hope, December 8th through the 10th, and it's presented by Scott L. Smith, Jr. You'll learn more about your manhood, fatherhood, 
and male spirituality, to say the least. St. Joseph is the patriarch of families. He's also the terror of demons. And uh, Scott, he's very knowledgeable. He and uh, Father mm-hmm. Calloway have co-authored mm-hmm. the book uh, of St. Joseph uh, Consecration. So this is a three-day, two-night retreat. includes food, lodging, and materials. And the cost is $325. For more info, go to ccmedia.live. Then coming Wednesday, December the 13th at 6 p.m., there's a presentation by Remy Munayer, a Christian in the Holy Land, hosted by Chuck and Sheila Thomas at Cajun Controls. That's located on Opportunity Avenue in Baton Rouge. You can find it. You can Google that. The talk will focus on the origins, traditions, culture, and challenges Christians face in the Holy Land, because he would know he he just came in from there. So. Oh, ccmedia.live. Go to that for more information. (laughs) There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, 15 after the hour. Get up, get going. It's Tuesday. We've got more coming your way here on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for November 28th. Today we celebrate St. James of the March. James was born in central Italy in 1394. After earning doctorates in canon and civil law, he became a Franciscan and began an austere life. He fasted nine months of the year and slept only three hours a night. His friend Bernadine of Siena persuaded James to moderate his penances. After his ordination in 1420, he began a preaching career that took him all over Italy and through much of Central and Eastern Europe. A popular and effective preacher, His sermons prompted many to reform their lives. Credited with helping to spread devotion to the holy name of Jesus, vocations to the Franciscans also increased under his influence. To combat extremely high interest rates, James established non-profit credit organizations that lent money at very low rates on pawned objects. He can be said to be the father of the modern pawn shop. In his later years, James declined the offer to become a bishop, preferring to preach instead. A portrait of St. James of the March hangs in the Louvre in Paris. He died in 1476 and was canonized in 1726. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Damian Colado and David Dawson. And on this beautiful Giving Tuesday, it's such an anticipated day for so many nonprofits. But today is also I Give Catholic, a 24-hour online day of giving, a wonderful way to give back this season. Joining us is Corey Howitt. He is the executive director of the Catholic Community Foundation, the organization that started it all. Good morning, Corey. Thank you for being with us today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Gabby and team, for having me. Always a pleasure to be on and to be able to share the the joy of giving. Mm-hmm. Today's the yes, day. Yes, well, it's it's a tradition, right, Corey? We always have you on <laughs> on Giving Tuesday <laughs> really to talk is. about it, yeah, to talk about I Give Catholic. Becomes, it is, and it's so exciting. Every year, just becomes more and more. Uh, growth and, and looking at where the Lord's get, you know, guiding this as a ministry in, uh, in bringing Catholics together to find causes that really move their heart and to be able to join in their mission. And so it's, 
it's fun to watch. It's an honor to be a part of, and y'all have been there since the very, very beginning, helping promote that. And that really is half the key to this: is sharing it with other people, knowing uh, it's such a, a unique gift to the church, to our local community here in New Orleans and, and surrounding areas, but also to uh, to those that are impacted, but that that get gifts from this and, and are able to to be impacted and, and have their lives improved because of this. It's helped so many parishes, organizations, different Catholic ent- entities, not only in the Archdiocese, Corey, but it has expanded and has continued to expand nationwide. Tell us a little bit about how this got started and where it is today. Sure, and really it, it started very simply by seeing that um, in the fundraising uh, world, uh, specifically in the nonprofit fundraising world, it was a uh, giving days were something that allowed kind of this unique piece of community to be a part of giving, right? So sometimes a lot of giving is very personal and individual, and it still is. Mm-hmm. But when you're able to kind of gather in a community and give, not only does it build a greater virtue in the community, a, a greater sense of, uh, of common purpose to be able to help others, uh, but it really does help in this amazing, unique way to be able to to have this kind of combined joy and 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 being able to share that. And so then, when we added and we saw the, this taking off in the nonprofit world, and we said, "Well, well, the Catholics have the corner on this market of being able to come together and build community, and why don't we really put Catholics together and celebrate this?" And then. We didn't want to just do it as a uh, the Catholic Community Foundation didn't want to just host this as a day just for our purpose. When when we started this and, and saw this, we saw the need from other dioceses being able to do it. And said, why don't we start this as a ministry for the U.S. Church? And and here we are, eight years later, uh, looking at um, which is the now the the U.S. Catholic Church's Giving Day, and it's spread from East Coast to West Coast. Wow. And we, it is just, it has been amazing. Wow. Fifty dioceses and organizations participating. So, big, big dioceses coming on this year. Houston and and we have Las Vegas mm-hmm. and, I mean, so it's just, it's amazing when when communities see the resource here, and that we're not, nobody's making money off of this. It really is this great way of just connecting the dots between the need of the people in in our communities and the faithful, the generosity of the faithful. And so when we're able to kind of create that as a ministry, really an, an invisible dot to serve those two, mm. uh, it's just been the, the Lord's blessed it along the entire journey. Yeah. Corey, talk about some success stories. It's truly been amazing to see the last eight years how the donations and gifts have impacted in a positive way these organizations in the Catholic community. Do you have any success stories that you guys have seen the the neat part is we have thousands of success stories. <laughs> you know, I, and it really is, and and that's not just saying that everything. As meek as this is, it's the grammar school I went to. I think this is part of the Lord's great sense of uh, you know uh, humor and and being able to say, hey, how does this work? We're going to have somebody that's going to benefit from the school that's going to help start. I give Catholic, <laughs> and then that it's going to be a resource to help the school is uh, my my grammar school, Saint Peniel. Um, where where I went, yes. they use this as their annual appeal to be able to bring in the donations needed to support the school. They were one of those that pinched in the neighborhood. It's a, it was a difficult. They were having some difficulties in kind of raising the dollars needed to keep the school open, 
And, and quite opposite, the generosity of the faithful connecting the parishioners also and the past graduates to it have really helped bolster the school. They have taken it and run. I can't take credit for it at all as much as it is. <laughs> it's given them the mechanism, and that's the key, the mechanism to be able to connect that uh, generous donor with the need. I think the one thing that I love seeing is those church parishes who realize that they need lighting, better lighting in their parking lot, so they're raising money for that and yep. they get it. Or they're they're building a they want to build a bathroom in the back of church because they have an old building and and everything like that. So and and then they raise the money and then they build the bathroom. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's stuff like that that I love it, seeing. It really so is. Corey, we got a we got a message yesterday from a. a Peachtree City, Georgia, the Diocese of Archdiocese of Atlanta participates. They brought in, you know, every year, year in, year out, and they're showing the impact in their videos. Six years now, five years now that they participated, and like their campus is renovated. Wow! Uh, over over five years because they've pr- picked projects that have just made an impact. So it is. It's so fun to see parishes come alive, ministries start to fill their need. Um, it is. It's such an honor. It's also, take a look at the schools as well, Corey and and Dave and and Damien, because a lot of these schools as well are raising money for new technology, you know, Chromebooks for the students or an art classroom or something to engage the students uh, with their learning and enhance the learning experience. And that's what it's all about as well. A lot of them uh, exceed their goals too, don't they, Corey? Yeah. It is. You know, what's really neat about Giving Day, it's during the charitable months of the year, right? That's the last two to three months of the year. That's when people kind of look at their spending for the year. They're like, you know what I have? Let me make make sure that these uh, nonprofits are some. So a lot of times it, you could also take the nonprofits. The secret is, is that in a giving day that you could take that money, leverage it as a match and generate and create generosity from others yes. from your giving. And so those are the kind of things that, that um, make these days successful and useful is because it helps spread the word so that generosity doesn't happen in an echo chamber. It really happens out mm. in the community, kind of multiplying in the way uh, I think that the Lord's ordained it. I can tell you personally, we re- yeah. we appreciate every cent we get, and we do. Uh, it, yeah. It's it's awesome uh, the contributions that we get every year because of this. So it's it's been a wonderful thing. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 when you see the again the the parishes being able to some parishes have. Uh, redone their adoration chapel. Some yeah. parishes have, have reinforced their CCD program to be able to put in a new curriculum. So it's it really does give the way of bringing vision to a materialization of of, of really making the impact that the pastors or 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 school leaders or or ministry leaders can can do the, in a very simple way using technology. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So for those who are just joining us, we're talking about I Give Catholic 24-hour online day of giving. Corey, in the about a minute and a half left that we have with you, can you tell our listeners how they can go and donate? Sure. So the easiest way that they'll remember is igivecatholic.com. There's a really intuitive map. 
it's fun to drill down. It's also fun to see all the places across the country participating. Um, we have, in, and from that map, you can drill down to the great state of Louisiana, and from mm-hmm. there, you'll see the dioceses that are participating. You can kind of go explore. I always tell people, go look up your grammar school. Go look up the, the, the ministry mm-hmm. that might have helped your grandmother while she was uh, in her last days in hospice care or whatever it is. All these different things that you may have had a touch of gratitude for in your life, and go bless them. Go find a way that you can make a small gift, make a contribution that's going to not only help them, but it also, it, it, that's the power of giving. It helps you. It brings joy to you. There's no doubt when you give yourself away, God's made us that it brings us joy. And so tap into that joy. Go to igiftcatholic.com. Find a ministry. Find a state. Find it. Whoever has had an impact to you, return the love. And, uh, and with a sacrificial gift, uh, everybody wins. Corey, we've uh, we got, we got a correction to make, really. Oh, it's guygivecatholic.org. We want to make sure. Sorry. Right. That's all right, Sorry, Corey. I'm, I do I'm, the same thing all the I'm, time. I'm, so. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. That's like, that's like <laughs> nice busy today. day. <laughs> Corey, real Just quick, if, if an organization or a school is listening and are not a part of it, how do they get? who do they get in touch with and how do they get involved for, for the next event? Sure. The, the, the best way is to be able to, on, they have a, a way on igivecatholic.org, that O-R-G, that you want to be able to, they have a contact us button there. And so it's just as easy to click contact okay. us, and it, and it has a way for you to be able to fill out or drop us an email and say, hey, how does my ministry kind of take advantage of this? That is actually how this day has grown. Bishops have invited bishops, ministry leaders have yeah. shared with other ministry leaders, pastors, mm-hmm. to pastors, and they said, look, take advantage of this tool. Yeah. It's the service of the church, yeah. and, uh, and, and we all benefit, but we all get to celebrate. Absolutely. Most definitely. Corey Howard, Executive Director of the Catholic Community Foundation. We're talking about I Give Catholic. Corey, thank you so much for all that you do and yes, everyone over at the Catholic Community Foundation. Well, it's mutual. Thanks for Catholic Community Radio for just being out there and and living the faith boldly for all of us to be able to benefit from. So thank you all. Thank you so much. Well, we're staying in the Archdiocese of New Orleans where we're going over to Pauline Books and Media and talking to Sister Ann Flanagan when we come back from the break. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. Thirty-five past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Damian Collado. Right now, we have Sister Anne Flanagan, daughter of Saint Paul. We're going to talk about her book, "Come to Me: Living the Nine First Fridays." Good morning, Sister. Good morning. How are you today? I'm up and at him. Well, (laughs) tell us about the nine first Fridays, this devotion. This is something I'm not familiar with. I I know I've I've, I've met some other folks who are familiar with this, but uh, this is new to me. Well, and and I've found that it's new to a lot of Catholics under age 60, uh, especially converts, but pretty much Catholics under age 60. Mm -hmm. This is something new, even though it's over 300 years old. Okay. And um, (laughs) this is connected with St. Margaret Mary. Uh, St. Margaret Mary Alcock was a cloistered nun Mm -hmm. in the 17th century. And starting in December of 1673, she had a series of apparitions of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, Mm -hmm. always in a Eucharistic context. And over a period of 18 months, so a year and a half, or two times nine months, 
in which the Lord told her that his heart was burning with love for humanity and getting back this return of indifference, coldness, neglect. Yeah, yeah. And, and he said, so what I'm asking you to do is start a international movement, to cloistered nun, right? International movement of people making reparation to my heart by going to Mass on the first Friday of the month, receiving communion, and, and going to Mass for nine months in a row. Gosh. And this is during Jansenism, when people were going to communion maybe three times a year if they were especially fervent. Right, right. And, 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 so <laughs> and they, they weren't really, worthy, or they thought they weren't worthy, right? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, and, yeah. and Jesus is saying, look, I, I, I instituted the Eucharist for communion, communion with you, yes. not mm-hmm. for distance. And uh, so Margaret's mm-hmm. bringing this to her superiors, and they're like, oh, really? This is not part of our mission yeah. here. We're cloistered nuns. We're cloistered. But How do you get the word out? <laughs> The confessor <laughs> was a Jesuit, ah. and, and his name was, now we call him Saint, Claude de la Colombière. Oh, yeah. And he was convinced that this is the real deal. He gets Margaret Mary to write everything out in detail. He makes his retreat based on Margaret Mary's notes. We have, we have her notes because of Claude de la Colombière's journal. Okay. And then he gets transferred to England and he uses her notes to preach to in the household of the Duchess, I think, of York, okay. who was a Catholic at a time when you couldn't be a Catholic well, in England. I, that was my was next Duchess. question. How, how well was that received she was in a England? You, you know? can get away with these things. If, you, if you're a Duchess, you have a private chapel. Okay. You, you can do things like that. Right. And so then the Duchess t- takes it up, and she starts spreading this. And so it start, really, it starts, and that's why to this day the Jesuits aren't trusted with the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the apostolate of the the Sacred Heart of Jesus, is a Jesuit apostolate all the way back to the beginning, because the St. Margaret Mary and the the confessor of the convent was a Jesuit. And Claude was only there for like a year, and then he got transferred. And then the next Jesuit came in, and he he was like, yeah, this is fabulous. And he takes it on as his lifelong mission to promote the devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Nine First Fridays, wherever he goes in the rest of the rest of his life. And then the Jesuits take it on, and wherever they went, all over the world. All over the world, that's they right. Promote it. So within, you know, a hundred years, there's Sacred Heart of Jesus churches popping up all over the world. Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, so it, it spread that way providentially before Margaret Mary's time. I mean, right like the generation before Margaret Mary, there was a St. John Hughes mm-hmm. who was promoting devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, spreading, you know, preparing the, the, the ground mm-hmm. for St. Margaret Mary, just in that, just right at 20 years before this apparition to Margaret Mary, St. John Hughes was going all around France trying to stir up devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. That's amazing. So, that's yes, something it's, like it's this is, is, you know, it's, you're, you're witnessing an explosion that really the odds were against it, but everything totally. fell into place so perfectly that it just uh, got out even more. And this more. is during the Enlightenment. Yeah. And everything is all rational and everything. And Jesus is saying, my heart is on fire for humanity. And, and all, I, all I get is coldness and indifference. And I'm thinking, whoa, well, this was, he's asking for reparation yes. for Eucharistic sacrilege yes. and neglect. And, and and I'm thinking, oh, Lord Jesus, I think you were doing that. You wanted to have 300 <laughs> years of reparation for Eucharistic neglect yeah. in anticipation of our century. 
Sister, and you know? we, your book uh, may be vitally important right now. <laughs> you might be starting this all over again. We need this explosion, you know. So, I think that's it. Yeah. So, so talk about the nine First Fridays. How does that work? Well, yeah, it's very simple. I mean, the, the devotion itself is simply going to Mass on, on the first Friday of the month for nine months in a row, receiving okay. Holy Communion. And in my book, what I do is associate a a virtue or quality of our hearts as we become better disciples of Jesus. We can try to follow Jesus more closely. We're not just going to do a, a calendar tick-off, right, you know, okay, right. Friday number one, Friday number two, you know, until we hit number nine. <laughs> Ta-da! We did it. Where's my diploma? Exactly. You know, where, do I, where do I graduate? <laughs> no, this is, a, this is a pattern of discipleship. So, so my book takes a quality of the heart, and, it, and it's a kind of progressive thing. Okay. And, so, so in other words, you're you're kind of filling in the month. Hopefully, that like you said, you don't want right. to just oh yeah, today's the first Friday. I got to go because okay, it bonk, yeah exactly. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. Got, did okay. that. <laughs> now on to the next thing. Right. No, let's uh, let's cultivate our our following of Jesus in a conscious, deliberate way, and and let's foster devo- you know devotion, but foster devotion intelligently. Yeah. You know apply our mind, our will, our heart, so that our whole self is following Jesus, not just our legs going into church and, right. and sitting in Mass, you know, but our, our intelligence is engaged in, in listening to the Lord and learning about Him and, and learning about the, the virtues, even. Yes. And, and our will in choosing to follow Jesus more closely in our everyday life and our choices in what we're doing with ourselves. So, so this our, this book our, will, I mean, you know, it will just somewhat of a reawakening of our spiritual life and bring us closer so. to Christ. We're starving for it, right? And it's got it's got a holy hour guide for each of the nine First Fridays too. So oh if you do Eucharistic adoration, it's got nine fully developed holy hour guides. Each one focused on a scripture that relates to the the virtue or quality of the disciple's heart. My goodness. I was I was about to ask you, well, no, I am going to ask you, what inspired you to write it? Well, actually, the core of the book is from a retreat I, I gave my fellow sisters several okay. years ago. All right. And it's, it comes out of our spirituality. I see. I see. And you've been, and giving, so the, you've been giving the retreat a while. I, I, it's, I, a, I, it's a retreat I gave... And the sisters responded so well to it. I gave this. I gave the retreat again a, a few years afterwards. Right. And this is, some of the sisters made the same retreat over again. Ah, uh, you go, you're going to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, no. Now they can read the book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what inspired you to write the book. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, like, okay. Now here, here, here's the book. Here's and, the... But actually, the, the, my retreat talks were videotaped. Okay. And there are sisters when they if they have to make their retreat by themselves and not in in the group with their retreat house, mm-hmm. there are sisters who have been making this retreat with the with the recordings. And every once in a while, I get a message from somebody. Do you have the handouts from that retreat that you gave? Yeah, here they are. Oh my you goodness! Know, I still get requests from them. So I was like, Dal, oh, that's a keeper. Uh, what can I do then? If if the sisters responded, and you know, like. A prophet is never accepted in their own household. So if the sisters are responding so well to something that was in-house, then... Then that you means you better do really something with, the, with the, exactly, there. exactly. Yeah. I am coming to get this book. I'm also coming to get this book as a gift, and so I know I'm coming down to Pauline Books in New Orleans. Well, and in, in Metairie, I know where to go there. But how else can I get that book? Uh, just uh, in case you just go to on the online. The web store is paulinestore.com. Wow. 
Sister Anne. C-A-U-L-I-N-E-S-T-O-R-E.com. Okay. And Sister Lily will take care of your order for you. Excellent. Sister Ann Flanagan, thank you once again for joining us. Bye. I hope we thank talk to you all. again soon. We're going to keep this going. I hope so, so too. All right. Give God me a progress bless. report. All right. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. When, when we come back, we're going to talk uh, Sacramentals with Sean McAfee. It is 45 past the hour on Wake Up. Before the top of the hour, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Wake Up. It's November 28th. The month is almost over. Mm, mm, mm. But the show's not. That's right, because we have Sean McAfee. He is founder and editor of EpicPew.com, and he's a Catholic author. He's got a great book out right now entitled Compendium of Sacramentals, Encyclopedia of the Church's Blessings, Signs, and Devotions. I know it's a mouthful. But it's a great book, and you're going to be entertained as you read it. Top of the morning to you, Sean. Hey, good morning. And it's almost the end of the liturgical year, isn't it? That's right. That's right. Come Sunday, for sure. And uh, so we're talking about sacramentals. A lot of people may not know what that even means. So at least uh, touch on that, and then we'll get into why you even put the book together. Right. So the sacramentals, the Church defines them as sacred signs that bear resemblance to the sacraments, and what they say is that they signify effects of a spiritual nature obtained by the intercession of the Church. And what, what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to di- di- dispose us to receive the sacraments, which provide us the sanctifying grace. So sacramentals in themselves don't provide us that grace. Well, they can, they can dispose us to provide graces, but it's, they're, they're like road signs to point us to the sacraments. Yeah, kind of fire us up, so to speak, and keep us motivated along the way, I guess. Uh, So the reason for the book is because there's so many of these sacramentals out there, it's time they all got condensed into one one book. Yeah, 2,000 years of church history, and uh, God blessed me to do this. No, You're not kidding. Hey, how long did it take you? I don't want to dwell on that question there, but I do want to know, how long did it take you? And then let's talk about the the reason for well, it. Well, I, I had written a small book with Catholic Answers in a 20 Answers series, kind of making apologetics arguments for relics and sacramentals, but this book here took about a year. Wow. Okay. It might, it might sound yeah. astonishing, but uh, <laughs> it's and, and it's broken yeah. up into four parts, and and that's what I like about it because you talk about the sacramentals themselves, and then you talk about sacramental gestures, which didn't even know existed, uh, signs and devotions. So let's let's touch on each one of those if we can. Uh, as as far as uh, sacramentals themselves, blessings and exorcisms. Interesting. Yeah, and it's it's almost as if most blessings are exorcisms, right? Because we're asking God to, first of all, bless an object or remove evil from it, which is kind of like an exorcism, but specifically only clergy um, performing like baptisms or major exorcisms are performing those, and that is whenever we are removing or protecting a person, a place, or a thing from an evil presence. Um, and we do see those in baptisms in the traditional uh, extraordinary rite of baptism. We actually see three formal exorcisms. Um, and then, of course, every blessing is a sacramental. In fact, the Church says that the chief sacramental of the Church is through blessing. Um, and parents do these to their children. You know, of course, we bless our meals, and then 
if you've not seen it, there's like a 400-page book of blessings that every clergy member <laughs> owns and uses to bless just about everything, because we want to keep the keep the <laughs> things around us holy and and uh, devote them to, to God's uses. Well, that's and 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 the other thing was uh, gestures, the sign of the cross, and and genuflection. Uh, again, I didn't realize. I I know it was a motion we went through and and shows devotion to Christ, but did not realize that's considered a sacramental. Right, and the sign of the cross is really like a triple blessing, right? Because or a triple <laughs> yeah. a triple sacramental. Because yes, it's a gesture. It is a devotion, but it's also a blessing. It's when we ask God to bless ourselves or or a thing. If you're a member of clergy, you can you know, make the sign of the cross with your forehand. Um, and then, of course, yeah, genuflections. Those are items of devotion, and and that's really where it points towards. Is the church doesn't separate those like I did in the book. It's just like they kind of didn't belong anywhere except for their own section. So yeah, the genuflections that's the sign of devotion to the tabernacle, bowing, we bow to the altar, sometimes we bow to statues too. And then of course there's different kinds of bows, like a profound bow where we bring our hands to our knees, and then a, a normal bow where I say chin to chest. Mm-hmm, my kids, mm-hmm. chin to chest, you know, we just give it a nice nod like a whenever nod. we hear the name of the <laughs> Trinity or the second mm-hmm. second person of the Trinity too. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sean, just so you'll know, we are streaming live on in New Orleans on WLAE TV and also on Catholic Life TV in Baton Rouge. Dave's holding up the book now for folks to see it. It's a beautiful um, he, book. He, he's, and it and we were, we've been thumbing through it. As Gabby mentioned at the beginning of the show, she has it on her coffee table. Right. It is a great book because it not only has information and detailed information, but you've got beautiful pictures in it, too. And that, that makes for a coffee table book, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, I wanted to make a book that where people, if they didn't understand kind of what I was talking about, like there's a section in here on crosses. And right, we went right. way into this. You know, there's about 10 different types of crosses, not even just crucifixes, right. that we that we went into. So we wanted to give the reader all the imagery possible to really, you know, spark their spark their imagination, but also to show them examples of that. And, you know, I am kind of have my kids in mind whenever I'm, I'm six kids and I live in New Orleans, too. You know, I'm kind of thinking about them whenever I write this as well. I'm like, I want them to be able to see it and touch it and yes. feel it and know yes. it. Oh, man, you almost make me want to ask you, who's your mama and where you at, baby? <laughs> you do not sound like that. Actually not I, he doesn't sound like that. I was right. going to oh, say, okay. you All did right. not grow up there. You may live there now, but that's okay. That's We, we love having you, brother. Uh, let's yeah, no, talk. I'm a Midwestern boy who got into eating crawfish. Yeah. Look, we got about two minutes left. I want to get into signs because, to me, that is probably the meat and potatoes of your book when it comes to sacramentals. Uh, we're talking about holy metals, scap holy oil, the the holy water. Um, People will wear metals and wear scapulas, and I sometimes think more of from a superstition, or they won't wear them in some cases because they think it's a superstition. Share with us a little bit about the importance of sacramentals in regards to that. Well, of course, the Church guards us against any any such teaching. You know, whether we hang a rosary on a rearview mirror or not doesn't mean that we're not going to get into a car crash. Really, whenever we're doing things like that, you know, we should always look to these. We should always look to these sacramentals. Like I said at the beginning of the show, like as signs. So we look at a we look at a crucifix on our wall, or we wear a miraculous medal on our neck. You know, today is the feast day of Saint Catherine Labrie. Yesterday was the miraculous medal feast. Um, we should we should see those and, and trust in those 
like to dispose us, like we said, to move our hearts to yes. further contrition, to further desire for God, for sanctification. And that is the that is the physical object because God has God created the world and we shouldn't we shouldn't worship the world. We shouldn't guarantee the world for, for our salvation, but he did create it for his glory. And the church says that there's nothing that almost nothing that can't be used as a sacramental. That's in the documents of Vatican II. Nice. And so we should use the, the things that God has given us to point us in the directions of worshiping him and adoring him and loving him, but not obviously those things themselves. Yeah. And it's also a beautiful reminder. I wear the brown scapula as well as the miraculous mm-hmm. medal. And every time I touch it or even think of it. It, it. It's just a constant reminder to how much I love mm-hmm. Christ and, and my church. So, uh, yes. Sean McAfee, thank you so much for being with us. Yes. What a wonderful book. It's a perfect gift for the Christmas. Uh, I hope people run out and go get it. Uh, where do they go if they do want to pick it up online or somewhere? I always tell people first, go to your local Catholic bookstore. You know, these bookstores are like the small businesses, the backbone of America. Yep. So go there and purchase from them and support those families. Of course, you can get these on mm-hmm. Amazon or at Tan Books. All right. Sean McAfee, thank you so much. God bless you and have a thank great you. Christmas. Yep. Thank you, too. Okay. Compendium of Sacramentals, Encyclopedia of the Church's Blessings, it's, Signs, again, and Devotions. It's, a, it's another good mm. gift. Oh, it's yeah. a beautiful, it, beautiful mm-hmm. book. It'll be yeah. a life, a book mm-hmm. you keep for a, a lifetime, for oh, sure. I think so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know the Pope is, he's been suffering with a little lung problem, but it looks like he's getting some antibiotics intravenously, and we hope he will continue to improve his health. He's 86 years old. We're going to offer up a prayer for him. Here's a prayer that he wrote for vocations. Lord of the harvest, bless young people with the gift of courage to respond to your call. Open their hearts to great ideals and great things. Unite us to Jesus through prayer and sacrament so that we may cooperate with you in building your reign of mercy and truth, of justice and peace. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Amen. Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Tuesday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.